Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Today is a very special bonus episode with my friend, Myra Rayanne. Hi, Myra. Hi, Fern. How's it going? Good. So I interviewed you for season two, episode eight, and you had amazing stories. And everyone listening should go back and listen to that episode if they have not already. You're awesome. You're an awesome guest. And we've been chatting and you suggested this movie and I thought it looked interesting. And I said we should do a bonus episode. So here we are. Thank you for introducing me to this movie and this person. It was meant to be. Well, thank you for watching it. I'm so excited to (laughs) chat with you about it. I know. It's really good. So the movie is called Astral City, A Spiritual Journey, and it came out in 2010. And it's based on a book by, I say, Chico Xavier, because I'm from New Jersey. But you pronounce his name so much more beautifully. Can you say it? (laughs) I didn't even realize that, that the English pronunciation is completely different. So when I say it, you're probably like, what? So in Portuguese, his his name is Chico Xavier beautiful and the the book that it's based on is called it's spelled n-o-s-s-o-l-a-r and it translates to our home so how do you pronounce that and it tells the story of a man named andre louise so i didn't realize this when i was watching the movie but chico said that it was transcribed by this man who passed through him so it's like something called psychography and I believe anything's possible. Like, I, I definitely believe sometimes, you know, things come out of me that I, I don't know where they came from. I know this happens with a lot of people and a lot of creative people, too, um, where you're like, where did these words come from? Like, how are these words coming out of my fingertips, typing on the keyboard? I, I don't know where it's coming from, but not to this degree. So I definitely believe this is possible. But this this man who passed, who came through Chico to tell this story about life on the other side but to be clear for anyone who hasn't seen it there is a story so if I had heard that before I watched I would be like is it just this guy explaining what it's like but there's an arc there's a character arc like there's a full story Um, it's not just the recitation of what this man sees did you know that before or do you remember if you knew that before you saw the movie so no I actually didn't know that either I didn't know that before I thought the movie was just going to focus on life on the other side, so to speak. And then Mm -hmm. as I started watching it, I realized there was so much more to it. And you get to know Mm -hmm. the character pretty well and just the man that he was, Andre Luis. I wonder if they ever documented who he was. It's interesting. So I was actually researching that. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's a man who lived in the 1920s, 1930s in Brazil. He was an actual doctor in Brazil. So there's theories as to who the man is. The most popular theory is that he was this doctor named Dr. Carlos. And he was this just very well-known doctor at the time. And, um, you know, his just his life all of a sudden just got cut short unexpectedly but there is a theory that Andre so Andre Luis's real name was mm-hmm. Dr. Carlos okay so it starts with him in purgatory which does not seem like a nice place well he even says he says it's it's like a purgatory so he doesn't specifically say it's purgatory yes yes yeah, and I actually and it, really like that because purgatory I think it's kind of more tied to certain religions per se mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. like the idea like it's not a purgatory it's like a purgatory because that's right. personally what 
I lean more towards believing that there isn't a purgatory per se, but yeah, it's interesting because they do describe it as it's just this vibrational dimension that kind of feels mm-hmm. like it is. Right. It's like this swamp, it's swampy. Like I, I was like, it's like purgatory. It seems like hell to me. It's, this seems like this horrible place. He's like, in a swamp, basically, with other people who are in the same position, who are very disturbed. And it's hard to describe, but it's very unpleasant. It seems very hell-like to me without the fire and the flames. And I'm the same way. I, I believe um, I believe anything's possible, but I think everyone goes to the other side after. I, I don't believe in hell. I think, like, there's hell on me earth. Me too. I, I don't imagine. either. I yeah. agree I don't believe in I'm, hell either. I believe everyone came here for the purpose, and they mentioned this in, in the movie, for their soul to learn so that their soul evolves. And then they go back to the other side. They review their life. They can come again back to Earth if they want. And that's what I loved so much about the movie. It made so much sense to me. It resonated so much. But when he was in this purgatory-like place, he would see these people approaching some of the some of the suffering people and they were so cleanly dressed and kind of had a glowing light about them and they were approaching all of the people who were begging for forgiveness and they, those were the people who were relieved of that place and he it occurred to him that he should ask for forgiveness and he was relieved and brought to a hospital like a futuristic looking hospital where he meets these two characters, Lysias and Clarencio. Am I saying that? Right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's <good. laughs> but and they're kind of like spirit guides and they have a wonderful energy, but they're especially the Lysias, I was like, he was cast so perfectly, this young man. He has such a he had such a comforting way about him. And they're here to kind of explain where he is and what's going on. And two interesting things, when he was in purgatory, the People who were there with him were screaming at him that he was a coward and that he committed suicide. And their explanation of what that meant, I thought was very interesting. And I didn't completely get it at first, but then they said that his kind of his negative thinking over the years, his arrogance and all of these traits that don't serve the higher purpose or come from a place of love were were his prevalent thoughts. And he basically killed himself. He made himself sick, even though in the movie he appears to die from a gastrointestinal illness. They said he essentially committed suicide. Do you believe that you can make yourself physically ill with your thoughts without realizing it? I do. I mean, we hear about it in the in our everyday world. Like if we think about stress, right, we'll hear about mm-hmm. it in our everyday world. For example, stress, if you don't try to tackle it or if it goes into just overload, it can affect you physically. Mm-hmm. It can affect your health, right? This has been proven the time and time again. And so I also believe just as much as stress can do that, your thoughts. Uh, I think your your thoughts also come into play and uh, mm-hmm. mind over, I really believe in mind over matter. So mm-hmm. if you're a person who's just very negative and just in a, in a very dark place and bitter, especially if you're mm-hmm. a person who's bitter and you just want to do harm unto others because of mm-hmm. your own personal resentments or jealousy or whatever negative emotion it may be, I do think that can then start affecting your overall well-being, mentally, Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, and physically. I think they can all tie together, which it seems like, you know, was the case with with Andre Luis. You know, the way Mm -hmm. he lived his life, he was just all about himself. He was very, very selfish, very egotistical, 
And mm-hmm. even though he was a doctor, you would think that he really cared about mankind, but in reality, he was all about himself. By saying that he committed suicide, I... That's an interesting that choice only, of words, right? Yes, That's I like, was like, why would they phrase it that way? Because I feel yeah. I never want people who... And you can, of course, speak to this from your background, and everyone should listen to your episode. I never want people to feel that if they know someone who committed suicide, that that person's being punished. Not at all. If someone has a mental illness exactly. and they and that's the result of it, you wouldn't punish someone who died of diabetes. You wouldn't punish someone or think someone's being punished because they died of cancer. So I just feel like we have to remove the judgment from all of it and know that that soul is on the other side, exploring what they learned on earth and evolving as a soul. Do you feel that way? I, I do. I agree with you. I thought it was an, it's an interesting choice of words. Definitely. I think it more comes from when they say, you know, somebody's committing suicide. I think it's more just saying this man, let, let's speak about Andre Luis specifically, mm-hmm. the character. He just kind of wasted his life away, you mm-hmm. know, there. So he could have done, um, certain things, and in a sense, he just wasted his life away. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that word suicide, especially mm-hmm. because of what we know of suicide today, and just how it just it really affects people and affects so many different communities. And I mm-hmm. agree with you. I, I think in terms of suicide, you're not punished for that. I do mm-hmm. believe every single person crosses over regardless, right. you know, of right, the, exactly. the life you live. Eventually you do cross over. I do mm-hmm. believe every there's not one person I believe whose spirit is just damned into this realm of darkness for eternity. Like I don't believe right. that at all. So right. it was a definitely an interesting choice of words, but I think they described it that way more to say you know, here was a man who would just lived his life in such a negative manner that in a way he just kind of wasted his life away doing so. And it's interesting that he was a doctor because he could have used his education and his his skill to help so many people. And he was very arrogant. And and that comes through when he finds himself in the hospital and he's saying, he's very arrogant and he's demanding answers and he's saying, I'm a doctor, you know, I, as if you know he's he should be treated special and isn't it interesting fern like i get Mm -hmm. the impression with that with him being a doctor so you would think oh he has this background he has this education he must be this great man and it goes to show not necessarily which for me it just reveals how even more important it is for us to do our own spiritual work Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you have a really good profession or you're rich and famous. None of that matters. It it can fall flat if you don't try to be a person of good, a person of kindness, a person of love. So he could have used that Mm -hmm. for the greater good, and unfortunately, Mm -hmm. he did not. Absolutely. And we have all these degrees and and whatever on, on this side. None of it matters on that side. So you're kind of stripped of all of that, and all that matters is the soul and and what you did with what you had when you were here. So it's so funny because I always say on November 22nd, 1963, two men died, JFK and a police officer named J.D. Tippett. And so when they both got to the other side that day, it wasn't like they had a party for the famous person, the president, and, you know, like they just kind of welcomed the police officer through the door. They both went to the other side and they were both treated exactly the same. 
they explored right. their life. They were both welcomed. There's no famous, there's no any of these earthly things that we value here. There's no rich, there's no famous, there's no highly educated. You are just your soul. Exactly, so and I, I agree with you 100%. You are just your soul, and because what matters at the end of the day, I believe, is just your character, your, like who mm-hmm. are you as a person on earth, your character, your heart, and your mm-hmm. your service, your service on yes. to others, and just really trying to recognize whatever your calling or your purpose is. But in terms of all the accolades, you can have all the accolades in the world at the end mm-hmm. of the day when you cross over, it's not going to matter. And to your point about, you know, when, the, when those two gentlemen crossed over, yeah, they were greeted with the same amount of love, with mm-hmm. the same amount of like compassion and just just feeling like they were in an environment of just pure love because mm-hmm. at the end of the day I do believe when you cross over the spirit guides or your loved ones who are there to greet you when your time comes they're not going to greet you and punish you and point their finger at you no not at right. all even if you didn't do the best things on earth they're going to help you to get that kind of awareness, that kind of insight and understanding to see the big picture of maybe how the things that weren't so great that you did, how that affected other people in life, but not in a way to criticize or judge you. It's just to help you become even more evolved as you cross Mm -hmm. over to the other side. Exactly. Perfectly said. I love that we're, you know, finding our tribe and we're all understanding it in a similar way. It's very comforting because I grew up Catholic, not that my parents were super religious, but with this idea of heaven and hell. And I don't even think I was introduced to purgatory, not until uh, I don't even remember. But then when I started exploring that could be different and it could be more loving and I was reading more, it's so comforting to find your tribe of people who understand it the same way oh yeah and I agree and and just like you I was also same thing I was raised Catholic as a child but then me and my parents we stopped practicing Catholicism later on in life and we just became more just you know we just wanted to be spiritual spiritual beings and just to live your day-to-day life with acts of kindness and love towards one another and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, and finding the community makes such a big difference. And like you said, describes it so well. Finding your tribe, I think we yes. need you need to have your tribe in in yeah. order to 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 make it through this world, to make it through your life. You need to have your tribe. I think it's so fundamentally important. And it's it's comforting to know, as we see in the movie, that even when you do cross over, you have a tribe that is bigger mm-hmm. than anything you can possibly imagine. So mm-hmm. even if you think on this earth, you're so alone, I have nobody, reality is you're not. And you have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people, of spirits, that are just there on the other side guiding you and supporting you and loving you and being with you every step of the way. Yes, beautiful, beautiful explanation, beautiful way to take it back to the movie. He's released from the hospital and he's taken to the astral city. And it's exactly that. It is a place of love. He describes it as the astral city is true home. Earth is just the stage. And it is a place that is, yeah, there's, you know, kind of this, (laughs) this kind of bureaucratic, there's like the, 17 ministries and the ministry of communication and the ministry of that it kind of reminds me of 
um, <laughs> like Harry Potter. There's like the minister of this, and it's so, you know, formal. So that was kind of funny to me. But however, however this interpretation is, I'll take it. And it's a beautiful, loving, light place, but where he's still learning. So he learns that if you work, you can earn merit to go on a mission to see your loved ones or to send a message to his loved ones. And it's good for him that he has to work because it humbles him and he learns to 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 want to help others. Practically speaking, he's helping to heal others, but also in terms of thoughts and his words, he's, he offers comfort to to people, to whoever he's coming across. He learns to love, he learns to get to know Lysias' family and his niece, Eloisa, who arrives. And he has a job to do. And it's great to see him, you see him change. And it's really beautiful. Eloisa arrives and she's just like him when she first gets there. She's like, I don't belong here. What's mm-hmm. going on? Yes. She's kind of demanding answers. She wants to go back and be with her fiance. So did you see him in her? Oh, I did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that must be the case for, I think that's the case for some of us when, especially if our lives are cut short and we feel like there's unfinished business left mm-hmm. on earth. So then I'm, you know, for Eloisa, like she wants to come back. It's like, no, I don't want to be here. Like I, I want to be back in my, in my body. I want to be on earth. And so she's fighting against that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely saw a little bit of Andrea Luis and her and how she was just negative and just fighting against all these things. And that's how he is initially too. But again, he's just surrounded by so much love that mm-hmm. eventually he starts taking little steps to kind of see the bigger picture because again as you were just saying we're constantly in a state of just growth so mm-hmm. you continue to learn even after you die and so Eloisa eventually gets to that point too of I guess acceptance mm-hmm. right she, she starts getting to that point where she gets accepts the fact that she has crossed over and mm-hmm. um, she's in the spirit form now. And mm-hmm. that's when her own learning can then start really taking place and flourishing. Yes, exactly. I love when she's talking to her grandmother and she says, you know, do you do you miss grandpa? Because she, she misses her fiance so much. It's just so relatable. But she says to her grandmother, talking about the grandfather, and then the grandmother says, well, he's returned to a new life and he's five now. <laughs> I love that. He's her <laughs> husband's a five-year-old now, and then she says, "But we meet in we meet in his dreams, and he can handle it," which makes so much sense to me because my first novel and my second novel is about when we go to sleep at night, we're on a different plane, and you can communicate with our spirit guides and those who've passed before us, even if we don't remember it in the morning. There's a reason things are better in the morning. So when she said, "I meet with him in his dreams, and he can handle it," it's, it's <laughs> funny to think that there's this five-year-old meeting with his old wife when he's in his dreams. He doesn't remember it in the morning. But they have these chats in the middle of the night and these meetings, and I love that so much. And I love. And it goes. I mean, that that yeah. definitely brings in um, the the topic of reincarnation, right? So yes. that definitely yes. brings in the topic of reincarnation. But it, it makes me think of a quote I read online the other day. Somebody talked was talking about energy, and they said, you know, this we're all made up of energy. So mm-hmm. it would kind of be naive to think that when we die, that energy dies. Like energy doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Energy just transforms itself some way, somehow. And so that's what ends up mm-hmm. happening with 
her husband, mm-hmm. her husband, and yes. that energy just changes and shifts, and then he comes back to life, as, and yes. now he's this five-year-old boy. Yes. <laughs> That's so great. And so Eloise's grandmother, so this is Lisa's mom, like, to get the family tree, right? But she eventually goes back to Earth herself, and she says, Eloisa is going to join me as, as my daughter eventually. So they were grandmother and grandma, granddaughter in one life, and then She's saying she's going to, Eloise will join me and then we'll be mother and daughter in, a, in another life. And Lisa now is the one who's upset and Andre's comforting him, which is another transformation. Andre's comforting him and saying, you'll see her again. And Lisa says, it's easy for you to say that because your mom can come down anytime. So earlier, Andre saw his mother. And they had a beautiful reunion. They get reunited, yeah. Yeah, it's so sweet. And it sounds like she has kind of achieved another plane. And I love the scene where, you know, without giving too much away, but they're just reunited. So son and mother are reunited on the other side, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful. I mean, I tear up at that scene every time. I just think it's yeah. beautiful. Just pure, just this this moment of reunion, and there's just pure joy and I'm sure Uh, and again it goes back to what we've been saying I'm sure it's even bigger and more beautiful than our minds our human minds can even wrap our brains around and then yeah I don't want to give too much away but there continues with his with Andre's arc is that he goes eventually earns enough merits and he can go back and see his wife and he has a new husband which would be which I think is a beautiful thing you just want your loved one to be happy and I found it interesting that he was jealous of the new husband and he was sent back to purgatory for a brief time because he was having these unloving thoughts and then when he Mm -hmm. got over that he was sent back to them and he saw that the new husband appeared sick. We won't give away the ending, but he does the right thing and comes from a place of love. And it's beautiful to see. It's a beautiful story. And so did you see sweet. the part, Fern, and the part where the, what was it, the the cleaning lady or the housemaid recognizes him? Yes. And sees his spirit? Yes. And then yes, he kind of, yes, yes. he kind of, it catches, it even catches him off guard for a second. He's like, yes. oh, they can see I me? I love that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. I love that. I love that. And I feel like that was a wink to Chico. So after watching this, I did some more research on him. And, um, you know, I'm so interested and I can't wait to learn more. But I saw a video of, of a friend of the family who knew him. And he said he would see people who would pass. He would see spirit in the way we see regular people who are alive. Yes. So there was this one time a mother and daughter came over to visit that they knew. And he hugged the mother and then he hugged the daughter. And then he hugged someone. He hugged like the heir. And they were like, what are you doing? And he's like, I just hugged your grandmother. They were like, she died 30 days ago. <laughs> and he was like, oh, she's here. I see her. So I feel like that was like a wink to him, and it was really sweet. I loved, I loved that. forgot about that. Yeah, that I love awesome. that scene. Yeah. yeah. Just that recognition of uh-huh. human and spirit in that moment. It was great. One thing that I really liked about the Astral City was in the building, you kind of saw all of the symbols of every religion represented. Um, it wasn't too overt, but it was like kind of on the wall behind. You know, like if you saw someone speaking, you would see it kind of behind them. Yes. And I like that because I really feel no religion is right, no religion is wrong. They've been Absolutely. manipulated yeah, by I man. Agree with you. Yep. Exactly. It's created yeah. by man. And so and, and mm-hmm. it goes to show on the other side, it's not one religion is more important than the other. You know, God's right. love for us is just eternal. It's universal. It doesn't discriminate at all. Exactly. That I, I love seeing that. It's just such a beautiful movie, and I would recommend it to mm. everyone. For me, I, it's, it's my favorite, my favorite foreign movie of all time, and just such mm. a message of 
it really does matter how we treat each other. It really does mm-hmm. matter how we live our lives. And mm-hmm. even more so, I think it, it conveys such an, an important message of do not fear. We're all mm-hmm. going to have to go someday, but do mm-hmm. not fear. It's going to be okay. Not only is yes. it going to be okay, it's going to be even more magical and even more beautiful than your wildest dreams. Yes, You know, absolutely. there's something just beautiful and perfect that awaits us on the other side. So I love that it also tries to convey that message of do not be afraid. Like God is bigger than what we even have the capacity to understand. I want to talk about your projects and what you're working on before we close out. Sure. So um, thank you. So yes, I have right now in late August, my second memoir that's going to be released. It's called Beyond These Green Eyes, a memoir of fragmented pieces and rediscovery that's coming out soon. And it's actually a prequel memoir to my first, which is called Georgia Mm -hmm. Haven. So this memoir, Beyond These Green Eyes, I actually did not write it recently. It's a compilation Mm -hmm. of different essays that I wrote in my 20s and early 30s. And it's just been sitting on the shelf for about five years now. (laughs) <laughs> and there are different essays that provide what I call snapshots into mm. certain events of my life and certain moments of my life. So it's kind of, I would describe it, think of like Chicken Soup for the Soul. Remember Chicken Soup mm. for the Soul? Love where that. you would open it and then there would be like different stories to read. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So you have nice. different themes of my life, whether it's talking about my childhood or family or some really dark times I had or female mm-hmm. empowering moments. So it gives you little snapshots into different uh, life events and different memories that I've had in my, my twenties and early thirties. And, and yeah, and so Congratulations. it's released pretty soon. Thank you. Where can everyone find you on social media? Sure. So on Instagram, it's inspiring. And that's one word inspire. Rayanne is R-A-Y-A-N-N-E, or my website is Myra, M-A-I-R-A, Rayanne.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you again so much. Thank you, Fern. Always a pleasure to speak to you.